Hello, and thank you for listening to Good Girls Behaving Badly. This is Sydney. This is Shanae. <laughs> and how was your weekend, Shanae? It was chills. Mm-hmm. Um, I binge watched This Is Us. Mm-hmm. We were talking about it before we recorded. Yeah. What a great show. It is a great I was show. definitely late to the party, but I'm <laughs> glad I showed up anyway. <laughs> At least before the second season. Yeah, so I'm all cut up and I'm ready to watch it with everyone also, else. Also, that's something we can talk about, a show. We can talk about yes, This Is Us. Yes, Really great show. Oh my God. <laughs> and shout out to, what's his name? Sterling. Sterling. Mm-hmm. He won an Emmy. Yes, Sterling K. Brown. He won an Emmy for yes. um, Best Actor yes. in a Drama Series. Yes. Um, which I believe uh, African American hasn't won that for a quite a while, decades. Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations to him. What mm-hmm. a great show! Mm-hmm. I also finally saw the live version of Beauty and the Beast. Oh yeah, yeah, dope. It was good. I'm yeah. so. Sometimes they haven't done live versions. No, but that I was like good. Them. Girl, that had me crying. That one was like, Absolutely. whoa. <laughs> yeah, I was crying. Beauty and the Beast, yo. <laughs> And I was like, dang, I didn't get all of this from this the cartoon. Was, when well, I, I feel like it had some extra elements that didn't take away from the story. Yeah. Talking about the Beast's family, his mm-hmm. father. Like, you didn't get that in an animated one. Right. I yeah. like talking about that. Talking mm-hmm. about Belle's mother. Mm-hmm. You didn't really talk about that in the mm-hmm. animated one. So mm-hmm. I felt like the things that they added just made for it. A nice full body. Yeah, it was good. Film. I was, I was in like, the theater oh, and t- I went to, that's one I went to see by myself. <laughs> Why you didn't call me? I don't know. You know, I just be going by myself sometimes. Anyway, it's on Netflix, everyone. That's why <laughs> oh, I was got to Netflix face. Netflix has the live version of Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. I watched it, loved it. Mm-hmm. So, and then my my niece, her christening was today. She's adorable. She had her beautiful white dress she was all cute and then we went to dinner after so it was a nice family day and Mm -hmm. then i was binge watching will and grace because they brought it back Mm -hmm. after years off there they trying to bring everything back well you know what that means writers suck these days (laughs) honestly um so they come back this thursday and um, Will and Grace is a good show. Mm-hmm. Granted, when it was on, we were like kids. Yeah, I never watched so it. So I didn't watch it when it was on. Like it originally came on in 1998. Yeah. I was not watching Will and Grace. Then. Right. <laughs> I watched it later on when I was a teenager. When it was like on Nick at Night. <laughs> when it was like syndication. Yeah. And that's when I fell in love with it. Yeah. So I've been binge watching that because I'm mm-hmm. ready for a new season of Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. I love them. And I love when. As they bring these shows back, because I know like Roseanne is coming back. Oh, really? Roseanne is coming back. I love Roseanne. And the good thing, it only works when everyone comes back. Yeah. So I know like Will and Grace, everyone has signed on. Yeah. Because they want to do it now. And well, some of them were. Some of them, not all. Mm-hmm. And for Roseanne, everyone has signed on. They back. really wasn't doing nothing else. I would say some of the Roseanne <laughs> characters were not. It doesn't seem like it, at least. Right. Not in the limelight. The only one that was doing, ever did anything else that like is notable was the dad. Like, he did the Flintstones. The dad and the daughter and... was on the talk. And yeah. She on the talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, good thing, because I will be watching that. Mm-hmm. It's only worse when everyone comes Yeah, I back. love Roseanne. I used to So, my only curiosity is, you know the way they ended the show that really annoyed Yeah. I'm, like, is I'm this interested fake? Or is to this see real? how they will start it back. Yeah. Because the father signed on, so the father isn't dead. Like, you right. know what I mean? Hmm. And kind of the same with Will and Grace. The way they ended, I'm like, how would you start it? So, I'm Recover from that. How do you show start again? Right. Because the way they ended it made it kind of weird to start it again. Yeah. But I'm hmm. excited because I loved it. Anyway, moving on. Wait, I didn't talk about my weekend yet. Oh, right. I was ready to jump on it. I was going to say, <laughs> I want to talk about the Emmy. <laughs> so, my weekend was good. Spent time with family. I binge-watched um, The Good Place on Netflix, on Netflix, which is really good. And the second season on TV just started. That was good. Um, and I watched the confession tapes on um, Netflix. And that was really, really good. Interesting. It's about, like, um, basically all these people that were coerced into giving confessions of crimes that it's not evident that they committed or like they don't even think they actually committed it they just were kind of manipulated and pressured into saying that they may have had something to do with it um so it's really interesting it was good i watched all that i watched most of it with my mom it was on like seven episodes 
Um, so I spent my weekend watching all of that and then catching up on the Emmys and the hip hop honors, which we are about to talk about. So, and a little bit of drinking this weekend. What's a weekend without a drink or two? Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty much my weekend. So let's jump into me. So the, the, um, the Emmys came mm-hmm. on. Yes. Um, I think for the most part, I feel like everyone looked nice. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. no one stood out where I was like, they look crazy. The, yeah. Not like really. The pits. No. So shout out. I just want to shout out Issa Rae for her yes. statement. Um, a commentary. I'm reading for everyone black. She's like, so who are you reading for? She's like, basically, uh, everyone black. Yeah. And this fact. That's so what we've always done. No Isn't one just that said what it. we're thinking? Yeah. And she just finally said it. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, because especially in like Emmy, the Emmys, Oscars, like daytime Emmys, awards like that, TV, mm-hmm. got, was it Guild Awards? The no, Guild Awards, Those yeah. awards where honestly, not a lot of people of color win. Yeah. Um, yeah. you tend to just be like, well, I'm gonna go for the, cause even <laughs> if a black person in the category, if it's Hispanic or Asian, I'm rooting for them too. <laughs> right. Just because they don't, we don't really get the opportunity like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so shout out to all the people of color who won awards. And also while we talk about Issa, she became the, a cover girl, which is exciting. They yes. haven't released like any official pictures, but she became a cover girl last week. Uh, I think we forgot to cover that, but so. back to the Emmys. So that's, I mean, I thought it was pretty decent. Yeah. I can't say I watched it. It means I, that's the type of show where I click back and forth through. I gotta be honest. I don't watch it all the way through. Uh, well, yeah, I, I watched it all the way through. Not when it came on, but, but on demand. Yeah. But just the last person I wanted to shout out for the Emmys was Lena Waithe. She was the first black woman, um, to win the comedy writing award ever. Um, so that was exciting. Her speech was good, so I was really happy for her. And I watched Master of None, but I didn't even know like who directed mm-hmm. or produced it or anything. Mm-hmm. I just watched the show and I liked the show. So I was um also happy for her. And Donald Glover mm-hmm. for Atlanta. He won too. Yeah, he won too. I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for Atlanta to come back. It's supposed to come back next Never year. Never watched it. Oh, you, that's another one you should binge. It's watch. on Hulu, so maybe I'll do that one too. Yeah. Um, I just I meant to. Mm-hmm. And it just so many shows. Because the first time it came on, it came on the same time as Insecure, but it's just had a longer break because he was doing other stuff. So it's supposed to come back the beginning of I'll next watch year. It. Oh, I also caught up with Greenleaf. Just a quick. Oh, TV. I'm still behind on Let that. Let me tell you something. That show <laughs> is full of heathenism, and I love it. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's such great nuggets of Mm-mm. heathenism, and so. And I Queen Sugar comes back this week. Actually, I also am way behind on Queen Sugar. Oh, so dang, you gotta catch up. It comes back on. Wednesday. It's a lot of shows, I know. and you know what? That's why I just binge a lot of the time. I catch up when I can, but yeah. it's a lot of TV. I spend my week, like, I record like everything watch. during the week, and I watch it on the so, weekends. Because, like, um, Mary, um, being Mary Jane behind. ended. Like, that, you should have been. That <laughs> season ended last week, so, but I always record it on the week, and I watch it sometime before the next episode comes so back So, I think in. this week, I'll catch up on Queen Sugar, I'll catch up on being Mary Jane. Like, I'm just behind, like, half the season. <laughs> I'm behind. I just got caught up on Greenleaf. Like mm-hmm. I just, I yeah, watch that's them. One that I'm not caught up. On I yet. watch them in bulk. Yeah. Um, so moving on to my next television, Hip Hop Honors came on. Yes. So I didn't watch the whole thing. I was busy, so I watched I most of it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say this one. I don't feel like the theme was cohesive a little bit because like Hip Hop Honors, but they like they honored Martin. So it was mm-hmm. like, was it just '90s it- or hip hop? Because if it was 90s, and it and they said it was 90s Yeah, the theme was 90s. But there were some non... Well, I think the point of honoring Martin was that he um, portrayed a lot of the elements of hip-hop in the show. And that was the first time that that started happening around that time with all these other shows. So I think that's why he was included in that. I just felt it got confusing at time with the performances. Because mm-hmm. then it, it seemed like... Maybe I should have just did it in 90s. I don't know. I just mm-hmm. felt like... And they had everybody performing other people's songs. Right. It just <laughs> confused me at time. Like, I liked it, but it just confused me at time. Mm-hmm. What the deal was. <laughs> right. I do want to talk about a couple performances. Okay. We're going to start with... 
because you know I gotta shout out one person. But... Mariah Carey. Oh yeah, sis, mm. sis. Well, okay, let's start here. The tribute song, like video to her before she performed was beautiful. Like all the people talking about the effect and how she was so grand, groundbreaking, and you know all of the impact she's had on people. That was beautiful. Loved she's not it. really that hip hop, but <clears throat> keep going. Well, they were talking about how she's not hip hop. But so many of her songs, she incorporated rappers and hip-hop. When people that sang ballads like her weren't Mm -hmm, doing mm -hmm. it. So that's what most of the video was talking about. So that's why I thought it was nice. But the performance. Mariah. (laughs) For me, we all know Mariah's not a dancer. And Mm -hmm. I don't think no one's looking for her to dance. Mm -hmm. In fact, I don't like what she does. Personally. Please don't. And first of all, I love Mariah Carey. So this is nothing but just... I want her to win and be better. <laughs> right. Honey. She, I mean, I thought she was glued to that spot on the stage. I mean, I, I mean, she was like. At least she sang. She moved her shoulder a little bit, <laughs> but her feet wasn't moving. Mm-mm. And the fact that, like, they lift her up. Like I was about that, to say that. She looks so. I be no, feel like no, she's no, scared no, 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 to no, no, walk no, no, no. or something. I'm like, girl, what you doing? I just. <laughs> Cause she always getting picked up. Every time I see her, it's awkward, yeah. and it just is like, I just want her to, you know, you don't have to dance because you're not a dancer. And I yeah. don't think that's what people are looking from for it from you. Mm-hmm. But like her stage presence, just was not there. And that's why I was like, I think she's one of the legendary singers who their performance style didn't age well with her. You know, some a lot of like we were talking about this before the show, like. Tina Turner, like their performance style, they worked with it. Janet Jackson, as they got older, they took it with them and adapted it how they needed to adapt it. But, but they still were hard hitting dancers yeah. and performers. Let's keep it real. Yeah. Mariah was never a dancer. She so wasn't. to keep up her level of when she was younger, it don't seem like it would be that difficult. <laughs> she wasn't a dancer. It's difficult for her. It seemed difficult now. <laughs> she can't even do a two and step. Th- I just be thinking, I'm like, can she not walk in heels? Or what's the issue? Why she's just so stiff? Yeah, she's, she's like, be massive. Stiff. Yeah. And I feel like, work it out. <laughs> um, Missy had a great performance. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was really, really good. Um, I know you want to talk about Go ahead. Go ahead and talk Tiana about Tiana Taylor did her thing, even though her foot is broken. Hey, I was she's like, still, wow. Yeah, she's very committed. Like, she still did that thing with that boot on. She even she decorated did. the boot. So, you know, shout out to her. And, like, Little Kim performed, <clears throat> which is just, once again, is weird because literally the last hip-hop on it. She was been on it, and then yeah. that song's performance. It's, like, very yeah. repetitive. Yeah. So, I just think they need to figure Do out. Better. I like this, though. Yeah. Just figure out how to make... The different themes are going to be a little bit more cohesive. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I have so year much overlap. Yeah. I thought it was cool, though. Not but I think really. last year was better, personally. I did, too. This year seemed a little... Last year seemed more like a show. This year felt more like a special. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I feel like there was more Even the purpose. way that the crowd was sitting and where they were, how they were situated... It seemed like a special. What just seemed like there was more purpose with the other one. Yeah. This, their theme was a little bit... Mm. The the stage and how the crowd was standing looked like wild now. <laughs> it did. Even like the, the presenters and the recipients of awards, they were sitting on the side like on wild now. Like, I was like, why are y'all setting it up like this? I don't like this. Yeah. I just but, think they got to figure that out. And that's probably why you know celebrities go, but you know. No, it wasn't a lot. It was a lot of, <laughs> lot of reality TV. A lot of influencers. A lot of people that was just happy that they got invited. Somewhere. A lot of Instagram people they is what I call us, them. They call know. them influencers. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. we'll be at the next one. <laughs> um, so anyway, now to like my media media. Mm-hmm. We do a, um, art. I got a, some updates. Yeah. So R. Kelly, um, Jerhonda Pace mm-hmm. did an appearance on The Real. Mm-hmm. discussing her time oh yeah um, she talked about how yeah. she like met him on a tour bus mm-hmm. and they told he took her virginity yeah she was 16 so mm-hmm. okay and like she's took, talked about how like a woman taught trained her, her how and to she was sexually him. with the women yeah sexually involved with the teacher yes. and with him yes and it was very um i would have to imagine like 
I don't know what. I mean, because she did it, so I can't. Yeah. But I'm going to say, I mean, she was young. If yeah. this is true, this is all still allegedly. Right. Um, If this is true, that is just ill. <laughs> and I think just not even ill, but for her to only have had lost her virginity to him and then like the next person she's with is a woman teaching her how to be with him. I feel like that's a lot so soon. And to you know? be 16, that whole thing. And then once again... Um, it's just as usual. Everyone had the questions like, well, "Who told her to do that?" Da, 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 da. I mean, obviously, where was her mother? Right, like we get it. <laughs> I mean, we get it. You but, did stupid stuff when you were sixteen. Yes, Your mother but, didn't know. But the way they're <laughs> describing it, she's making you know the the claims of it being cult like. Mm-hmm. Cults are like that yeah. in the sense of it's always like a situation of like. What is that? Yeah. How could you do that? Yeah. It's like a mental state someone's in. Mm-hmm. I'm not allegedly. She felt she was in that state. Yeah. I don't know if this is true. That's why I always say allegedly. Right. Uh, moving on. Kevin Hart. <sighs> it's been first of all. Lisa Bloom <laughs> strikes again. This happened. She is on. Uh, let me tell you something. So she... she is representing the girl who was in the pictures who felt like the she videos. was a victim. Yeah. In the videos because she felt like you know she's being harassed and da da da. But the thing is, who is she going to sue? Because you're being harassed by people online. Like, Kevin ain't harassing you. Right. Uh, Aniko isn't harassing you. Right. You made a decision, and now, like, Twitter, you're getting Twitter bullied. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but, like, how does that work? Because she was trying to say, like, it was defamation of character because people were saying that she, um is the person that tried to get the 10 million and she wasn't and no one and her and Kevin were dating and blah blah I'm just like okay boo but who you trying to sue like that's what I'm saying what are you doing this doesn't you can't sue black twitter boo that's what I'm saying this doesn't make you look any better this makes you look like you're trying to get something out of it she is just like just made a freaking lawyer (laughs) Lisa Blooms is a hawk on cases like this (laughs) um when you could have just made a statement of I'm not the person who did that Mm mhm we had our thing and that was it. Cause like Kevin ain't saying nothing to you. Like right. you're trying, you're going to sue people on Instagram. Yes. You're not going to get it. <laughs> so, um, his wife spoke out ex-wife Tori. Mm-hmm. Yes. She did an interview and just spoke about how, you know, in the relationship, there were a lot of lies. There was cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, and she talked about the fact that, you know, she tried to be silent mm-hmm. and not really get involved. She right. was like, after, to be honest, years of him using her and his act, mm-hmm. saying whatever, she never said anything. She supported it. Right. And actually even brought up the fact that they were both wanting to be an actor mm-hmm. and in, you know, in Hollywood. Comedy. Yeah. Um, but his career just took off first. And yeah. she just talked about what she's doing and where it is now. And um, I felt like, you know what? She's using her time right now. Mm-hmm. She's promoting her like hair care products, what she's doing. She has the right to do so. Mm-hmm. Is she taking, not advantage of the situation, using this moment to get a moment? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But I feel like she knows that she's not really apologizing for it, right. which I ain't mad at her. Right. Um, and they say that obviously Kevin Hart is very embarrassed. Yes. Um, and it seems terrible. like he's staying, him and Aniko are staying um, Aniko, together. Sources say that she is obviously very upset and right. hurt, but she's still working through this. Mm-hmm. I read an article the other day saying that, like, moving forward, like, she has to have access to all of his stuff, mm. like, on his phone, mm. on his, you know what I mean, his schedule, everything. Mm. Um, so, right now, they're they going to keep it moving. Right. They're going to stay together. Mm-hmm. And, and you I'm know wondering funny? his next comedy special. Yes, that's what I was about to say. Because he's currently on tour. He is. And it's called Irresponsible. Well. So I was like, well, I'll be. If you didn't name it. off of it. Because he already had it named. He's already done shows like before all of this came out. I wonder if And so it's like, dang, his... you shouldn't have named it that because you set yourself up. Well, I just wonder if he altered his show because he kind of can't not talk about it. I don't that. feel like he has yet, but I think he will. Because you can't I think right not now talk it's about it. Soon. Eventually, he's but I think, going to. Yeah, I think he will. Um, By the time it's on, uh, it's on in the theaters, and you right, know, he's right. selling it and all that kind of stuff. But I the think one thing I there. just want to say with the whole Kevin Hart thing, I think the reason why, it's embarrassing anyway, but I think part of the reason why it's more embarrassing is because he made such claims with his My life, how much it's different, the relationship is different, mm-hmm. how much he couldn't even 
understand why Fathom. you need to cheat anymore. Right. And so it made it look so much more worse mm-hmm. when this came out. Because yeah. it was like, you talked all that junk mm-hmm. just for you to just do the same exact thing. I think that's part of the reason why it's so extra embarrassing. And then allegedly did her birthday weekend. Right. Like, it's just, Jesus Christ. Christ. All right. So update on Tiana and Tiny. Mm-hmm. They are... They called the divorce off. Yeah. Sources say that while Teen Tiny still has her home, she has moved back and the whole family is moving back in their, you know, bucket uh, property mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So, um, I I always felt like there was a chance of them get back together. Yeah. I all I can say is this. Whatever the rules they set in that relationship, mm-hmm. I hope that he adheres to them. Right. Cause, you know, Everyone is different. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like hopefully whatever the stake is in their relationship or whatever he needs to do, mm-hmm. hopefully he does. Yeah. And they can keep continuing their relationship. Right. So right. good for them. Yes. Love can prevail. <laughs> Update on Janet mm-hmm. about her marriage, which I think a lot of people have seen this. She felt trapped. Yes. Um, you know, he has he's Muslim, he had very strict Muslim traditions of how mm-hmm. he wanted his women to live. Mm-hmm. She felt like the marriage and the way he wanted her to behave was affecting her art, her creativity, her music. And it was. And, it was. And she just felt like she couldn't deal with it. Yeah. And she felt like, which I thought this was the case as well, once she had the kids, she realized how much more she did not want to do this and, and live her life this way. And that's why, so, because I think, I, I think so often that People in relationships, they know that they're willing to deal with so much. Mm-hmm. But then when you think about the kids, you might not want your kids to deal you with these things. So it's like before you get better. married and decide to have kids with somebody, you really need to consider what do you want your kids to deal with? F what you are willing to tolerate. What do you want your kids to have to tolerate or have to be okay with or learn to be okay with? You right. know. So it's like you need to put that first. And allegedly, they're saying that Janet and Jermaine are canoodling again. Good. I like them together. I like them They should have never broke the F up. Well, sources I always said thought that they were meant to be together. They were. They are canoodling right Good. now. They're chatting. They're, I felt like know. that was like their best relationships for both of them. Like that's when they were both at their best is when uh, they were together. Because so, she would get her relationship weight and then she would get back in shape to do her tour. Like that's when they was happy. So we'll see how that pans out. I'm excited because I'm seeing Janet mm-hmm. in November. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm excited because I feel like she's someone I've always wanted to see live, and it's like honestly, I've she's gonna give a great performance. Mm-hmm. I wasn't old enough at her peak right. time, but it's yeah. like let me get in now. I hope she sings "Moist" for you. <sighs> <laughs> Shanae loves that song. Anyway, you, you should all go on her page least, and write no, the lyrics. And last but not least, <laughs> I have a Kardashian Jenner update. Yes. Sources say mm. Kylie Jenner is allegedly four months pregnant Jesus. by rapper Travis Scott. They love them some black dick. <laughs> That's the first thing. You said it. They That's sure the know how first to get thing. So that's their. I think the couple has been together. Apparently, for only five months. Yes. I thought it was longer, but no, it hasn't they've been together for five months, and they're saying that this was unexpected. Well, yeah, if you got pregnant one month into the ish, I bet I would think <laughs> they're saying it's unexpected, but they're excited, and I'm like, ah, that's an interesting way. Um, okay, so when I'm gonna say this. After the news came out, Tiger put something on Snapchat saying, nah, the kid's mine. Oh, Jesus then Christ. Then he deleted it. So that was the first thing I said. Oh, Ooh. heavens be. So he deleted it. Oh. So now it's like, well, whose kid is it for real? Right. Two, well, look, it's up, half black regardless. Yes, but could it, when you think about it, could it be like, could it be his? Yeah. Yeah, because right after they broke up, she was with Travis. It wasn't yeah. really a big break. Mm-mm. Oh, I'm um, sorry, y'all. Mm-hmm. Typically, I'm sorry, y'all. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> that. And I also feel like while financially the kid won't have to worry, mm-hmm. the reason why I'm like, that's I feel bad for the kid is because she's 20 years old. Yeah. 
and he's 25 mm-hmm. and I don't believe mentally either one of them are Already emotionally and mentally ready no. to be a parent and I think a lot of times people think about the money aspect granted yes that child will not have financial issues right but, but it's there's bigger a than mental that. and emotional space I think you should probably be in and I'm gonna say that she's probably not there. I mean, one of the big reasons oh, they no, say she, she broke up with Tiger is because he was wanting to settle down. Mm-hmm. He was wanting to like lock it down. She was like, she's too young for that. Yeah. It's like you too young to settle down on a relationship, but not to have a kid. Mm-hmm. So we don't know if this is true, but if I believe it. I'm like, could it not be true? Sure, right. But typically. Mm-hmm. When these stories happen, eventually they cop to it where it is true right. with the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But I'm like, when you rush and get pregnant, did you not learn from your brother? Mm. Jesus. Nope. She had time to learn. Because that just crashed and burned and she was already pregnant at that yeah, point. <laughs> did you not learn? <laughs> so. So. That's a mess. They all and got we'll kids see. with black people except Courtney. Because <laughs> I think. Kendall was dating ASAP Rocky for yeah, a while, yeah. and now I think she's dating Blake. I think his name's Blake. He's a basketball player. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. They're saying she's dating him now. They all um, like they like the color, honey. <laughs> yeah, and that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> they like yeah. the color. Hmm. Okay, so moving on to our question. Yes. So our question of the week was. Would you marry someone with 400K in student loans? And I'm going to start, because I put it on my personal Instagram, mm-hmm. so I'm going to read those couple comments. Okay. So the pink panda said, hmm, Dr. Wright. I said, that was my hope. <laughs> so, and then Bernique was like, help him pay, question mark. That's his debt, not mine. He better be a he better be an attending or a fellow or something for me to be okay with that. And then I have Oprin. She was she said yes. We would just have to be strategic on how to pay it down. I said wow, you're a keeper. <laughs> Black girls learn languages. Says depends. Do they own a six or seven figure business that will allow them to pay this off in a timely fashion? There are other factors that have to be factored. There are other things that have to be factored before you jump to hell no. So that was just on my personal Instagram. And then Ms. Tasha Ray said, I couldn't do it. I got my own student loans to take care of and 400K, yikes. How about Juicy? Um, Beloved and Unbowed said, I would marry someone with that big loan. With that being said, I would help her with her loans only once mine are fully paid. Um, 29.88 said, with that much student loan debt, he better be the senior doctor doctor of mortuary robotic science. So yes, I would marry him because he got the coins to take care of that and the home. Um, a soulful rebellion said, coming from a person who has a ton of debt, it all depends on the line of career the person chooses. For instance. Did she or he choose a career path that is lucrative and pays a well enough salary for she or he to cover that monthly cost of their student loans and live comfortably? If that's a yes, then it wouldn't stop me. Think about it, and it's not uncommon for doctors to have 400K in student loan debt, but many doctors gross 100 to 400K a year and possibly more. Um, it's underscore Stacy. Shout out to her. Yes, I was so happy I, I to like, see her come. I was like, okay, yes. Um, she said, if they get the right job that falls under loan forgiveness, they will only have to pay for ten years, and the debt will be discharged. Where to bring that up, Spify? Because that is true mm-hmm. in non-profit and educational sectors. Yes, you only have to pay ten years, and yeah. you can apply for that, and it can be forgiven. So. Yeah. Um, hold my pasties, please. Said, hmm, that would be problematic. Um, Uncensored Thoughts Podcast said, yeah, that doesn't tell me what type of lady she is. Um, except she loves school. LOL. That my lady, that's my lady, so her issues are my issues. All right. So, Shanette. Well, I said when I did. I posted on my personal one. Mm-hmm. I thought, I'm like, well, the hope, I said, my hope is 
He's a doctor, makes bank, because that's a lot of debt. Yeah. Um, I would think for 400K in student loans, you better not be a gym teacher. Because <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, he would have to have that type of career mm-hmm. where he had to go to school that long. And right. now he's in a career space where he can pay that off in a timely fashion. Yeah. If he was a person who maybe school hop because he couldn't figure out what he wanted to do and rested on being like a physical therapist with 400k i'm like that would be uh, <laughs> i'm not i don't uh, i'm not i don't know if we would get married right away yeah. um so i i i would um and kind of like what princess said we would have to come up with a strategic plan however i do hope that they have a job where, you know, they can make those payments and still live comfortably or that their loans are going to be forgiven in 10 years. And it's like, all right, we can handle that. Let's just make these minimum payments for 10 years and be up out of this and keep it pushing, you know. But it's like um, they have to also be willing to do the same for my loans because I got a little pretty penny, too. So um, True, just but like it ain't four hundred k. Well, yeah, it's not. Because I got loans. Just Lord. like we making their minimum payments for whatever, he need to be helping with mine too. So yeah, that's, <laughs> <sighs> that's a lot of debt. It too, it is. But I I know one person with that much. What are their career goals? Are they still in school, <laughs> but I don't even remember what their major is now. Um, but they are getting like a doctorate at this okay. point. But, like, they did hop around a little bit in undergrad. Then they got a master's and now a doctorate. But the reason that they're that much is because they went to, like, an Ivy League school. Um, so. Hopefully they can get a good job. Ho- hopefully them Ivy League connections yeah, pay we'll off. That's a lot. Yeah. On top of regular debt. Like, regular life debt you're going to get. Regular bills. Regular. bills. Everything. That like hurts my heart because a little bit compared to that, I'm in a little bit of debt. No, for real. <laughs> that bit I'm in is painful because I feel like my I feel like that number ain't moving. No, seriously. <laughs> seriously. I'm I like, paid. dang, did I make a dent in did it? Did I do it? Did I just take off fifty cents? That's what it seems like. <laughs> right. So I can't imagine trying to pay off four hundred thousand. Yeah. Because my little bit, that thing ain't moving. It's Mm-mm. been years. <laughs> Well, I do make double payments sometimes. Sometimes I do too. Yeah. And you feel like you feel good for a minute. It's yeah. like your minimum payment will fluctuate. Mm-hmm. Like you only owe 20. And right. Like, nah, I'm putting three on it. <laughs> right. But when you look at the total amount, it's like, wow, yeah. where's my money going? But like I did pay off to one of my loans last year and that felt good. So it's like the next loan is like double as much as that. So I'm like trying to pay that one off next, but we'll see how that goes. I don't know. Because when I paid that mess off, I wasn't going nowhere. I wasn't going out to eat. I wasn't doing nothing. I wasn't traveling. So it's just like I'm not making them sacrifices no more. Um, Some say. Just pay the minimum payment and keep it moving. Yeah, because that's what I'm... A lot of financial like, people say, I'm, don't break your back with even trying to double down. Just pay right. the minimum and keep and it moving. And that's why I'm like, I'm happy I paid it off so, because that was my smallest one, so I felt like I could do it. But do I want to do get. that for years at a time? No. <laughs> like, that worked last year, want. but this year, but not like so much. Me, Chavi, 80 years old for that thing. <laughs> Probably not, but that's how it feels. Right. All right, so... Moving on. Yes, to our topic for the day. Um, It's about boundaries and setting boundaries and how do you know when you need to set boundaries and things of that nature. So, do you want to? So. Yes. Oh. This topic. Yes, yes. Is relevant. It's very relevant in our lovely Sydney's life right now. (laughs) Yes. Um, So, this is how we came up with this topic, actually. I'm dealing with this. Um, just in my life in general, like with friends and things like that, because I'm a person that um, I want everyone to know and feel that I care. And sometimes I allow that to be at the expense of my self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm in the process of learning how to set boundaries of, look, I care about you, but you driving me crazy and enough is enough. So we're going to figure it out, but you're not about to be, you know, all up in my inbox, all up in my conversations all up in everything every day 
Um, so that's kind of how we got here because we kind of, me and Shanae and I, in one of our therapy sessions, noticed that, um, to our therapy <laughs> sessions with each other, um, we noticed that that was one of the things that I need to work on is setting boundaries with people and not letting them think that I don't care anymore, but not sacrificing my self-care. So what do you feel like, what do you feel like keeps you from creating them? Because I feel like if I create boundaries, one, they'll feel like I don't care and Mm -hmm. I'm not a good friend. Or two, I feel like I can do it, so why not? You know, it's like um, if it's being there just to talk, it's like, well, in theory, I could actually just sit there and listen to them, Mm -hmm. even if it's driving me crazy, so why not? Or if it's like they need to borrow money, it's like, "Mm, well, I got it, so Mm -hmm. why not? And so Mm -hmm. it's always that. It's like, well, in theory, I can do it. Mm-hmm. It's just that I might not want to do it. Mm-hmm. But it's the, I can, I have the ability to do so it. So I will. It, I will. Yeah. Do you feel like creating boundaries, you would feel guilty? In the beginning, probably. Yeah, I feel bad. Because you know me, like, I just, be, I care. And so when I don't put the the effort to care, I'd be feeling bad. I'd be, like, driving myself crazy, like, but I could have helped, but mm-hmm. such and such. But I could have really done this. But then it's like, but you was complaining about how much effort you were putting into them in the first place. So it's like, Sydney, which one you want? You want to be driven crazy or not? And I asked that because on one of the articles from Psychology Today, it says people whose beliefs are motivated by guilt often fail to set necessary boundaries in their relationships. This guilt comes from believing that prioritizing oneself over over others is wrong. Mm-hmm. So first of all, for anyone who believes that, in the article, she suggested her client write a letter to herself about the guilt mm-hmm. and why she feels she can't create boundaries. So if, so if anyone feels like they need to do boundaries, that's your own work assignment. Yeah. Write a letter to yourself why you feel like you feel guilt. Mm-hmm. But when... The thing is, this guilt comes from believing that prioritizing oneself over others is wrong. Then mm-hmm. I thought, then I thought, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. That's a childhood thing. It is. So. Because, like, they used to tell you, always put others before right. you. Right. So then, so then my second question is, do you remember early moments of feeling like you could not create them or you felt bad, like, well, I just need to be nice or da-da-da-da. Yeah, and I actually was talking to someone about this the other day because they're a parent, so they are, they deal with it differently. So just like um, <clears throat> with kids when they're like, always share your toys. Mm-hmm. Um, and like as a child, it's almost like you're forced to share instead of it being a choice to share. Um, so I was talking to somebody about it, and instead of making her child share, she literally asked them like, do you feel comfortable sharing this toy with them? And sometimes they'll be like, no, this is my favorite toy. I just want to play with it. And they'll be like, okay, that's okay. Like, it's okay for you to tell people no. But I feel like, and that's just what she does now Mm -hmm. after her learning. But I feel like as a child, we weren't taught that. We were Mm -hmm. like, no, don't be mean. You have to share. Get Mm -hmm. them the toy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, dang. So then it teaches us that if you can do it, regardless of how it makes you feel, you have the responsibility of always sharing just because you have this toy, so why not? Right. So for myself, um, I think current day, Shanae, I do not have issues creating boundaries. Mm-hmm. I think, well, not with friendships. And that's another question, another thing I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I never really, I didn't have big issues creating boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do understand that guilt factor. Yeah. Because even when I create them, I do second guess it sometimes. Right. I won't stop me from creating them. Mm-hmm. But I will be like, well, dang, is that going to hurt their feelings? Is that mm-hmm. going to, do I seem selfish? Cause I'm not going to, right. Um, Am I not being supportive by saying I can't deal with this? Yeah. So I understand that guilt 
feeling. Yeah. On the other hand, when I think about my childhood and like the boundaries and stuff like that, like for the whole sharing thing. Yeah. Can't say that was a big thing because I was the only child. Mm -hmm. So I kid you not, I didn't have to share. Well, see, it it wasn't even with my brother. No, no, I'm just saying like (laughs) Mm -hmm. that whole idea of sharing. I Mm -hmm. never had to share really Mm -hmm. like that when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I didn't really feel like I started sharing until college. (laughs) I mean, I kid you not. Because like, for example, even when I'm with my kids, my kids, my cousins growing up, (laughs) Mm -hmm. we all had our separate things. Mm -hmm. And and if we, and it wasn't like, like even when we would share, it's like we trade off. So like, if I'm giving her the horse, she's giving me the car. Do you know what I mean? So it was (laughs) always like a barter system. It was never Mm -hmm. like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like the way I grew up, the way my grew up and the way we grew up, I think my family just really paid attention to individually. With the needs, to the kids. Were, yeah. So we were very different, and mm-hmm. no one, we didn't have to like adjust. It was very like, well, that's how, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which can be a good thing. Yeah. So I feel like when I thought about the boundaries thing, but I also feel like the reason I think I learned it early mm-hmm. it was just the relationship with my mom. My mom would always be like, you know, you don't let people speak to you in any type of way. You don't allow that certain type of behavior. Mm-hmm. If this person is wanting to do this, then they're not your friend. You need, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we had conversations that she didn't use the verge boundaries, mm-hmm. but I felt like that's where I started to learn right. how to like put some force or put, you know, create distance when needed or create like criteria right. for people being in my life. Whereas with me, it was like, if they're an adult, let them talking as an adult and right. you tell me later and then they will go ahead right, right. instead of me having the choice to stand up for myself right. regardless of who was speaking to me and how giving me the option to stand up to myself that was that didn't happen if they was an adult and they you felt like they spoke to you wrong you still honor them i guess because they're an adult then you tell your parent and they handle it later and where see, it's just like well see no cuz i didn't get my frustration out you got yours out and i think for me for me, like, when I think of that, because I think of a, a story when I was in church. A girl, I was in church, too. Not. I was in BBS. So, we was in church, <laughs> and me and my cousin were sitting um, behind this lady. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say her name. She still goes to my church. Um, me and her cool today, but for a while, we were not. She was very mean. She mm-hmm. was just very mean to children. She And I guess we were talking, mm-hmm. and she turned around, and she... And it wasn't like he, you know, gosh, you know, we in church, quiet down. Because mm-hmm. I get it. You got to tell kids sometimes that. Right. She was very nasty about it. And she made my cousin cry and that upset me. Mm-hmm. And I said, you didn't have to speak to us that way. That wasn't necessary. I literally said that to her. Mm-hmm. I was probably like 10. Mm-hmm. But that's how my mother, that's how I was raised. Where you can speak and be respectful. It wasn't about, for me, it was be respectful. Yeah. You can speak, but be respectful. Yeah. And what I said was her, you didn't have to tell us that. You didn't have to speak to us that way. I'm like, you've upset her. Yeah. And she got really nasty about it. And I didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to my mom, mm-hmm. my mom handled it. And the thing about my mom was, she wasn't like, oh, go over there and I'll go handle it. Me and her walked up <laughs> on her. Yeah, that's how my mom. <laughs> my mother was like, you know, Shanae told me, da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And she was trying. She was like, giving me dirty looks talking. And my mother was like, don't look at my child like that. <laughs> she was like, I'm coming to you and I'm asking you about... Why did you feel like that was necessary to speak to my niece and my daughter that way? Especially mm-hmm. after she expressed yeah. how you were hurting their feelings. Right. I said, and she was like, and as you physically saw my niece crying. Right. So for me, I saw like that type of, that's not acceptable yeah. right then and there. Yeah. And I was never, and after the fact, it wasn't a, you shouldn't have said that to her. My mother said, thank you for telling me that. And thank you for being respectful to her when you told her. That was uncomfortable for you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like that helped me to like continue on. To be able to verbalize. To, to when, be able to verbalize when I don't like something or when I'm feeling some type of way. Yeah. So next I wanted to talk about, because shout out to Sydney because she, she gave me lots of <laughs> material. Articles. <laughs> so I was reading and like jumping back and forth. <laughs> So then going back to what I spoke to earlier, mm-hmm. do you, because I know you're developing your boundaries now, Yeah. but would you think boundaries are harder for you for friendships or relationships? Because for me, there, I'm. it's harder for me to create boundaries in relationships. Mm-hmm. I will tell a friend no in an instant, like I love you, but no, mm-hmm. or I'll create 
boundaries where I feel are needed, but in relationships, it's a lot harder for me. And yeah. I noticed that I would agree. I will be silent. I would agree. When on the inside, I'm like yelling to yeah. create something. Yeah, I would but agree. I'll be. But no. I feel like that applies to a bunch of stuff. Like, you'll deal with a bunch of stuff in a relationship that you may not deal with from a friend. But why? Because you would think... I don't know. I say why because, like, to some degree, I've known friends longer. I have yeah. a deeper relationship with yes. a friend. And why are we less tolerant with friends than relationships? Because I always would laugh and I joke, like, Sydney... I always feel like she will yell at me if she needs to, or she will like <laughs> sass me in an instant, mm-hmm. but won't sass other people, and not mm-hmm. even just like relationships, like yeah. even newer friends. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if it's because I've been here longer, <laughs> and she feels more comfortable to sass me, but I feel like she'll sass me earlier before anybody else. And I'm like, what is that? Why do I get sassed first? <laughs> I think one, it's a level of comfortability with the person. And so two, you're comfortable sassing me. Yes. Um, and two, I think it's like there is a difference between platonic love and romantic love. That's point blank, period. So platonically, I don't need you to do certain stuff for me. So if you don't do it for me, I ain't going to sass you. I'm just going to be like, well, I guess that's not really their place. No way. Okay. So when you say that, but there's certain needs you need out of a friendship. Yes. Yes. So if, if so, if... A friend wasn't giving you that. Mm-hmm. It should be the same way you'd be able to dump a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't it be the same way with you dumping a friend? Maybe, but I feel like it's just easier to cut friends <laughs> off than to cut off romantic love because I just feel like it's a different level of mm-hmm. love that you have for them. Whereas a friend, it's like, all right, I could cut you off and see you in a couple months whenever we all get together. Ain't no thing. But with romantic love, I think it's very different. I agree. It's, it's it's a lot more difficult, and it has been difficult when mm-hmm. I think about my past to create boundaries right. in relationships. Um, in one of the articles, it talks about types of boundaries, and they broke it down. Mm-hmm. Verbal violations, mm-hmm. um, physio- physiological and emotional, and then physical violations. Mm-hmm. So looking out of these, when I think of relationships, mm-hmm. I can very quick create boundaries verbally like don't speak to me that way yeah like don't i know talk to me that way back in the day i've done that even with you and created like verbal boundaries like we may have been having a disagreement and you know i used to be very different with people cussing and so i remember one verbal disagreement we was having you cuss and like the rest of the conversation was just about you cussing like whatever we I was, was like, upset what about the heck? i was like <laughs> I don't remember what word you said, but the rest of the conversation, it wasn't even about whatever we was arguing about. Because I I can't even remember what the issue was, but I remember that you cussed and I was pissed off about you cussing. And it's like, I didn't even, (laughs) I did not call her a cuss word. Right, no. I cussed in the sentence I was right, using, right, and right. that was like, no. That was her. too much for me, yeah. And she said, why are you cussing me? And I'm like, what? <laughs> right. We could not get past Nope, nope. Me. I was like, no, we got to address this now. F whatever we was upset about. F whatever we was upset about. <laughs> <laughs> so I find in relationships, I can easily create boundaries verbally. Because mm-hmm. I don't care how, like, I don't. The one thing is easy, friend. And relationship, don't talk to me that way. Right. Hello. <laughs> That's a prevalent one. Right. Where I'm like, I mean, relevant one, like, don't talk to me that way. Like, right. I can easily, and even physical. Obviously, that's physical abuse, but it even means being in your space. So yeah. someone like walk up on you. Yeah. I'm very quick to be like, you need to get out of my space. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a hard one. Right. And um, we're creating boundaries. I think the big one in that whole difficulty creating boundaries in relationship is that physiological and emotional violation yeah and they talked about how when a person attacks your Mm self-esteem when you feel like you're being judged yeah or your emotions are being dismissed when someone is making you feel guilty or responsible for their problems Mm -hmm. or their issues in the relationship Mm -hmm. so i felt like okay this was the sweet spot so when i read that article in myself it's like even in relationships, I can, I can create boundaries when it's 
when it talks about those verbal violations, yeah. I can create boundary boundaries when it talks about that physical violation. Mm-hmm. But my sweet spot would be the emotional, where I have a hard time. I would agree creating boundaries because like, I've even had to create physical boundaries, like with my mom or even with my parents. Period. Because I still live with my parents, which I mean everybody knows. But like when I was younger, they could bust up in my room and it right, wasn't right, like that. Right. I'm grown, and they talk about that violating you, your privacy. Not busting up in my room, mm-hmm. no kind of way. Mm-hmm. And so my parents have learned that they knock on my door and they ask if I'm available. And I can say no. It used to be a point where it's like, you can't say no, this is my house. I pay for it. This is my door. I'm coming in. Mm-hmm. I'm just knocking as a courtesy. Now it's like, I can say no and my dad will be like, okay, and walk away. Mm-hmm. And he won't be upset mm-hmm. and won't feel like I'm entitled to walk in. Or like in. you're being disrespectful right. or anything like oh, that. Oh, that was a big thing for my parents because they felt like I was being disrespectful mm-hmm. where it's like, I have lived on my own. I have had my own apartment. And so it's very different for me to be able to walk around my house, however, naked, you know, whatever, to now being at home where I can't do that. So my room is the area. Right. It's the area I could do that. So it's like, I'm not being rude when I'm like, no, you can't come in or no, I'm not coming out to talk or I'm busy. Like I'm not being rude. And so it did take a moment for me and my parents to build that level of understanding that, no, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but you're not going to speak to me any kind of way or you're not going to just bust up in my room. And even with the, um, the, what is it? The, the middle one, sweet spot. Uh, the emotional, physiological and emotional yes. violations. So even with that, I, me and my mom have had conversations about that because my mom, she'll, and she has always done this. She'll do this thing where it's like, well, you come downstairs ready to get to go. And she's like, well, where are your earrings? Where, don't wear them shoes. That's the shirt you wear. Like, stuff like that. When I was younger, it's like, all right, she's in control. She buys my clothes, mm-hmm. whatever. I'll go on, change, blah, blah. Now it's like, that to me is like, because she used to do this all the time. Wear your earrings. They make you look girly. Wear your, like, and I, I had to, I was actually yelling at her in this conversation. And she felt like that was disrespectful. But I was like... I'm not I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but you always ask me where my earrings are. I don't wear earrings every day. So it's annoying if you ask me where that is where it is every day. So it's like I understand that's a part of your regular attire, but you're putting that on me. You're projecting now. And it's like don't do that to me because now when I don't wear earrings, now I feel like now Something's I have a little something. Yeah, now I feel like I'm not complete. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, don't put that on me. Mm-hmm. And I had to get it to her, I had to yell at her, which is a little tad disrespectful. Mm-hmm. But it got to the point where it's like after that we had the conversation was like and she didn't realize she was making me feel that way. And she's like, I didn't intend to do that. And I'm right, like, right. Well yeah, well now you know, so don't do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean it just it took, you know, a little bit of work to get there. Mm-hmm. But even as parents, I feel like They've always tried to just do their best, you know. But I think now that we're older and we can verbalize some of the things that hurt us or some of the things that they projected on us that made us effed up. Mm -hmm. And now that we can verbalize it to them and not necessarily hurt their feelings, but just be like, realize, don't keep, don't continue to do this because I'm an adult now. And now you can't just do that to me and be like, well, I'm your parent. You're going to listen. No, I'm an adult. Yes, you still are my parent, but I don't just have to listen now. So... All right, so (laughs) next, um, we talked about boundaries in the sense of, like, why they can be hard for us or okay for us to create, Mm -hmm. and we talked about which areas where they're easier and and harder to create, so now I just want to talk about how to create boundaries. So one thing I read Mm -hmm. about why it's good to create boundaries is sometimes, especially depending on why the person is violate you in a sense of, like, for example, a friend with an issue or problem. Mm-hmm. They talked about sometimes creating boundaries not only helps you for your mm-hmm. peace of mind, it helps them. Oh, yeah. Because certain issues, they're using you mm-hmm. um, as a crutch. Yes, yes. And so they'll never get better. Or yeah. They'll never heal or do the things they need to do for themselves yeah. when you allow them to you know, violate you in any one of these ways. Right. Verbal, emotional, physical. Yeah. So they talk about one creating boundaries as a mutually beneficial thing. Mm-hmm. And acknowledging the fact that you will most likely feel some 
guilt or some sadness. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it should be a mutually beneficial thing if it's done correctly. Correctly, Yeah. And I actually have had a learning experience with that because in the past, I have had friends that were dating. And, you know, of course, one will come and complain to you, then the other one will come and complain to you, and then they ask what the other one say. And previously, I would be like, oh, they said this, and the other one be like, oh, they said this. But recently, I literally said, I'm not telling you. And the person was like, Bruh. like, they did the thinking emoji. I was like, why not? I was like, because that's not fair to you or her. Mm-hmm. For me to go back and forth and to say what one is saying to the other, that's not fair to my relationship that I hold with either one of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, at first, they was taken aback, but then they understood it right away. They was like, you're right, actually, because you are friends with them just like you're friends with me and... Just like I wouldn't want you to go tell whatever we're talking about. I wouldn't expect you to do the same. So they was like, you're right. And I actually appreciate you for that. And I was like, thank you. And that person, <laughs> by the way, I call it the middle. Mm-hmm. That's a very hard position to Girl, play. Jesus Christ. And I think I've done it multiple I've been, times. I've been a middle person. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I've been someone dealing with a middle person. Mm-hmm. And I think about when I've inflicted on the middle. Mm-hmm. That's a very hard position to play because yeah. it's like... You love both people mm-hmm. and you're like, you want them to be okay whether mm-hmm. they're together or not. Yeah. And you want to be helpful. So right. you do say, well, she said that, but then it gets, sometimes it can come back and bite you in the tush yep. and they mad at you. Especially now and with screenshots, girl. And I've been, <laughs> I've been a person mad at my middle. Like, why would you tell him that? Yeah. Um, are you on his side? Like yes. all of that stuff like that. Yes. And then I, I've realized that like, wow, I'm putting my friend in a very uncomfortable position Mm -hmm. that I have been put in that I don't like either. I don't like, you cannot win. Right. And so those type of boundaries are definitely needed. Yeah. I've been on both sides. And recently when I did it, it was the first time I did it. But you know, it went well. But that's what I'm saying. They're saying that creating these boundaries, Mm -hmm. um, and these articles are from Psychology Today, Mm -hmm. that it's healthy, that it's a mutually beneficial thing. Yeah. Yeah. So... First, they say, when starting to creating the boundaries, ask yourself these things. How is my continued helping interfering with my accomplishing important personal or family goals? And these goals may be financial, personal, I mean, professional, social, or related to your mental or physical health. So basically, you know, is me continuing to help them interfering with what I'm trying to do? Right, yeah. And if the answer is yes... You need to you need to evaluate that that relationship. Yeah. There's another one. How is here's the one about that mutually beneficial. How is my helping or giving actually unhelpful? How does it interfere with other people's long term health and well being? Mm-hmm. So again, that idea of is me being this crutch or trying to be helpful is it really helpful to yeah, them in the long run of what they're trying to do because short term it might be like it right. might give them whatever they want but long term are you really helping them because a lot of times people parents friends you can baby one another mm-hmm. so that when it is time for them to face any kind of situation on their own they can't and they're very unprepared and don't right. feel like they know right they know. so sometimes it's like no you gotta let them go through it a little bit so that they can know how to deal with it. And then it says, the last question is, why did I or why do I feel the need to set these boundaries? So once again, asking your question, what will this help you to accomplish? Mm-hmm. What will help them to accomplish? Mm-hmm. And then they said the next step is to have some like affirmative self-statement. So here's some examples for people to use. It's their right to be displeased with my boundary, but it's my right to set limits around what I will and won't do. After all, it's my money, time, and effort. (laughs) Their anger or displeasure is unfortunate, and I wish it weren't so, but I can handle it, and they'll probably get over it. And that's honestly the truth, Mm -hmm. because a real friend Mm -hmm. or a spouse, significant other, if they really love you... yeah. And care about you, yeah. they'll be able to sit back and say, "Wow, that hurts." Yeah. But I'm not trying to do that to them either. Right. You know yeah. what? And they'll adjust. Yeah. Um. Another, uh, um, affirmative statement. <clears throat> I didn't make this decision lightly, and it's the right thing for me to do, even if it's hard. 
I know the status quo can't continue. And this is something that you can just use for yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even yeah. like even boundaries with yourself. Yeah, I was just about to say that. That's another level of boundaries. You know, making cause... decisions for yourself, mm-hmm. deciding you want to do something yep. different. Yeah, because a lot of hard. what we've been talking about is with friendships, relationships, but creating boundaries in your own life helps you stay consistent on whatever your goals are. So I feel like those might be the hardest boundaries because you literally have to check yourself. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that's why you have accountability partners or Mm -hmm. that's why you may need to write down your boundaries to remind yourself Mm -hmm. if this is what I'm trying to accomplish. So no, I can't have that cake today. Right. Or no, I can't go out and drink every night or I have to go work out five times a week. These are all personal boundaries that I've set for myself, by the way. Um, (laughs) So it's like you have to do that even for yourself. And that's sometimes the hardest thing to face. But boundaries, self-boundaries are definitely important. And so last two statements. I am not a bad or unhelpful person for setting this boundary. Being a good, helpful person sometimes means setting boundaries. I thought of you, mm-hmm. just the thought of you not trying to be like a bad friend. And you're yeah. not. You're yeah. really not. Yeah. And then, I hope they'll manage without my help. But if they don't, it's their choice. It's not my fault. <laughs> now, you can be like, oh, wow. But that's life. That's yeah. true, though. Yeah. And and I and when I told Sydney, I felt like maybe you need to start to create them. Right. It was because she was feeling... And tell me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Feeling a little overwhelmed. Yes. Because it wasn't own, just like one situation. one situation. It was multiple situations. There are a couple situations. Plus yeah. some, her own life self-discovery that she's going through. Yeah. And she truly felt overwhelmed. Yeah. Trying to help everyone. Help herself. Yeah. And be cool and be good all the time. I would feel and, like some days a million things was going on. Right. And I had to work. And right. I. Like it's like I can't do everything. Right. And that's when I was like. Maybe <laughs> it's yeah. time mm-hmm. to think about creating some boundaries right. so that you can feel okay mm-hmm. in the midst of it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they say when you feel distressed after setting a boundary, remind yourself that discomfort is normal and it's temporary. So that's another thing, even with yourself, mm-hmm. when trying new things or breaking out of a habit, when you create boundaries or new new things you're going to live by, it's about uh, getting past your default settings, and that mm-hmm. is uncomfortable. Yeah, it's hard. And it is hard sometimes to remind yourself to like, nope, nope, because your default is like going to the right, but you're trying to go left. Mm-hmm. You have to practice at it, mm-hmm. and you got to keep going because it's not going to be something you just get automatically. Right. And they're saying that when you give those boundaries, give your time a moment to feel sad or to grieve. Because mm. um, they say when, you're, when your boundaries, your boundaries are an acknowledgement of someone's selfishness, immaturity, or willingness to take advantage. You might mourn the person you thought they were mm-hmm. when you agreed to help. You might grieve for the hopes that your giving world, your giving would strengthen a relationship or help someone. Um... Some boundaries lead to the end of a relationship, so you have the right to mourn that loss as well. Yeah. And I think that's a big fear when I, especially with relationships, mm-hmm. my fear was that creating boundaries would, frankly, make my relationship fail. I would my relationship would end. Yeah. But but if that if that just means it wasn't meant to be, then yes. You know, and I think that's sometimes hard to face. But it's like if none of your boundaries are being met then it's like, as much as you might care about the person, they are not willing to provide what you need at the end of the day. Yes, and if you feel so afraid to create them because you're afraid that it would end the relationship, Mm -hmm. then that already means there's problems in the relationship that need to be identified and adjusted. And so I think, especially with romantic, I think once you get it, you don't want to lose it. It's like Mm -hmm. when you don't have it, that's one thing you may say. It's like you never had cherry power before, so you don't know. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. It's kind of like sex. Like, you curious about it, Mm -hmm. but you never had it, so it's like whatever. Once you get it, it's like, okay, well, now I want it. You know what I mean? All the time. I think that's the same way with relationships. Mm -hmm. Once you you get it, you want it, and so sometimes you don't want to be without it. Yeah. Um, that could be harmful to ourselves to mm-hmm. keep that. Yes. Yeah. 
you want that and you like that and mm-hmm. you want to keep it going even if it's not in the healthiest of terms. Right. And I think creating boundaries for yourself mm-hmm. and for your relationships around you can have more meaningful relationships right. and healthier relationships. Right. And basically, that's all I got uh, for today. I agree with so that. So I just think everyone... This is a therapy session for us all. <laughs> yes. And everyone has homework. You need to come up with five boundaries. Oh, five is a five. Mm. Five. And they don't have to be big. Okay. Five. A, boundary, <laughs> a boundary could be, because I know like at work, sometimes, and I've stopped this, I've created this boundary. Mm. Someone emails you something you feel the need to answer right away. Like oh, you yeah. stop what you're doing. And yeah. You're no, yeah. I'm doing test A, I'm going to finish test A, mm-hmm. and then I'll respond to your email. That's a boundary yeah. for yourself. Yeah. So I'm saying it could be as small as that. Yeah. Five boundaries mm-hmm. that you want to try to implement mm-hmm. this week. Okay. And so that means there are five small ones, because yeah. the big ones you need more time with. That's okay. Five boundaries you feel comfortable with trying to implement this week. Okay. That is your homework. Okay. Okay. Um, I want to jump back to media for like 1.5 seconds How because you do that? we skipped something that I think is really important What with the NFL. So my whole family is boycotting. Shout out to them. But today, every uh, one, at least one or like two players of every team except the Vikings kneeled. Oh, OK. Um, and so that was kind of a big deal because. You know, it's growing, getting bigger. It is. A lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people have commented um, about it. One baseball player did it, so it's even crossing over to other sports. So, I'm just like, okay, okay, we getting somewhere. Well, I, think, I think sometimes I just honestly think that, I do believe that they felt after kind of shunning mm-hmm. Colin that they thought this was done. Mm-hmm. And I think it's realizing that it's not. And right. at the end of the day... As much as it's like, well, they just don't need to play. They're not going to be fired. Right. Because, so it's something to think about mm-hmm. in the future because now y'all, y'all going to let all these people go. Right. No. Nope. So it's just something to yeah. think about. And it is nice. I'm not watching, so I didn't know everyone knew. Yeah, I, I didn't like, watch either, but I my dad, he no like updates. pulled up an article. Okay. Because I'm and like, I reading have absolutely it. no updates because yeah. I haven't been watching anything. Yeah. But I do either. think that's great. Yeah. So. Um, and then like with Steph Curry. So, you know, all the teams that win, they are usually invited to the White House. But um, the Warriors, they were supposed to be having a meeting mm-hmm. to decide whether or not they were going to go. And Steph Curry was like, I don't care what y'all say in this meeting. I'm not going regardless. Like, point blank, period. And so, 45 got wind of it and uninvited the whole team just because Steph said that he wasn't coming. But it was like, Steph was like, okay, I don't care. I said I wasn't coming. You can uninvite me all you want, but I wasn't coming. He's already been there. (laughs) Right. And then, so, but they are still coming to D.C. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what would be funny is if they go to OB's house and kick it with him because Obama is right next door to 45 daughter. So, it will be funny if she look out the window and see all of them hanging out at OB's house. But... It will be interesting because, like I said, it's spreading to other sports. However, in the NBA, it's in their contract that they have to stand during the anthem. However, I was talking about this today. I feel like that can be challenged if you get a whole team or a whole starting five to sit or to kneel because they're not going to suspend all of them because that's a death to their team. You know, they that's asking for them to lose games. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting if it you know, starts getting challenged in the NBA as well. So I just wanted to add that little tidbit. That just threw my mood off. I know, I'm sorry. I just, I was excited that almost all teams are now involved in it. I'm sorry. It is good to see though. Yes. So I get it. I'm just like, okay, Vikings, y'all the one team that ain't do it. Well, who even, I was like, who? So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. So. There you go. We'll see, but. Ouch. <laughs> so, I'm, I was just excited that that happened, but I think. That's it. That's all we have for today. So, as always, guys, you know, pay attention to our questions during the week, our blogs, if we decide to write them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) If you ever have questions, um, you can always email us, goodgirlsbehavingbadly at gmail.com. We can be anonymous. You know, we've been anonymous in the past with our emails. Comment, review if you like us. Um, I know how I feel about that. (laughs) Subscribe, you know, all of the good jazz. And as always, this is Good Girls Behaving Badly, bringing you the good and the bad of every week.